0: you're listening to me search i'm crystal and my name is dustin we're two friends taking space and making space for other filipinos to share their stories and insights
1: join us as we talk to folks in the community to discover how they became trailblazers business leaders and bosses
0: Hey, everyone. Hey, Crystal. Hey, Dustin.
1: How has your day been going so far?
0: It's been going. It's uh, it's bright and early, and it's good. It's a new day. I'm excited for all that is to come. How about you?
1: I am also really excited for all that is to come. This is our very first episode of our very first season. You might hear us refer to season one as Mesearch 101. Um, just because it's a little callback to us as educators.
0: Shout out to all the educators out there real quick because... Yeah, shout outs. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's hard during a pandemic.
0: Yeah, and it's hard teaching just in general, so... (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But as we go through the season, you'll join us as we interview some film movers and shakers. Yeah. In this episode, you'll get to know us your hosts.
1: Okay, so before we get started, Crystal, why don't you give me two fun facts about yourself and one neutral fact?
0: Hmm, yeah. So, let's see. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact number 1. Um, me and my husband had a surprise wedding that you were at. <laughs> yes,
1: and it was amazing, and I almost <laughs> missed it because I didn't know it was a wedding. But I was like, you know what? I should go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you made that decision because... (laughs) Me
1: too, because I would have missed your wedding. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so it was like a lot of... uh, Many months of incognito planning and um, very specific storytelling to family and friends about what was actually happening uh, between me and Michael and our engagement, so... Um, the payoff uh the moment we surprised everyone was awesome, and that is a moment in my life that I will always always cherish and um yeah, yeah, surprise weddings we gotcha, <laughs> uh
1: me and my partner were talking uh just the other day about your wedding, and we were just reminiscing uh-huh. about how cool it was
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> thanks. <Yeah.
1: laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we scored invites. <laughs> of
0: course you did. Excuse me. Of course you would. <laughs> As you've said uh, at one point, that was very on brand for us. So I feel yes, like that is a very- So, so on brand. <laughs> I feel like that is a very factual thing for me to share. What else? I am an actor and a singer. I love to act and I love to sing. Put me on the stage. Put me in front of the camera. I'll do it with all of my heart
1: did you uh learn a transatlantic accent during acting school
0: yes (laughs) um
1: can i hear your neutral fact in a transatlantic accent
0: oh my i feel like all my speech teachers who might listen to me are going to get so mad because (laughs) i'm a little out of practice (laughs) but when i was in school they didn't call it the transatlantic accent Um, Our speech classes were actually based in Edith Skinner's approach to speech for the stage. Um, And it was called Classical American Stage Speech. And we learned Edith Skinner's good speech priorities. And one of our uh, practice sentences sentences went like this. Fancy that fascinating character, Harry McCann, married Anne Hammond. I was picturing more like Fascinating, see?
1: Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, see
0: yeah see now <laughs> see we didn't do a lot of we didn't do a lot of that see, so uh just calm down all right <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> all right, see let's move on to something else see
0: <laughs> all right, see, we're gonna move on see uh <laughs> um all right, so uh a uh, neutral fact um my neutral fact is I like llamas. I think they're very cute. I actually had a screen name in high school. One of my screen names, aside from Sweet Smiley Penai Nine, um, <laughs> was was Don't Take My Llama OK. And that happened after a conversation I had with my cousin Kirsten. Shout out to Kirsten. Poppin' Locks podcast. Shout
1: out. Poppin' Locks.
0: I don't know what we were talking about, but... I brought up llamas in the conversation and I could not stop laughing. And then immediately after I made a new screen name called Don't Take My Llama, okay. And yeah, I just professed my love for llamas and also this really funny conversation I had with my cousin. Um, And now llamas are such a thing. And I'm just like, listen, y'all, I've been loving llamas since 1999 and I totally just dated myself, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine, it's totally fine. I love aging, I do actually. And yeah, so that's my neutral fact. If you want to get me a gift, get me a llama.
1: I have a follow-up question for you. Sure. Um, How dare you Mm. provide three fun facts instead of two fun facts (laughs) and one neutral fact, but I will let this go. (laughs) It's (laughs) fine. Perhaps for you, the llama thing was neutral. (laughs) I thought that was pretty fun. (laughs)
0: Thanks. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for um, thanks for making me feel really, really fun and really entertaining in all my neutrality. But all right. So, uh, what about you, sir? Give me your two fun facts and one neutral fact. But also, maybe it'll just be three fun facts as well.
1: It might just be three fun facts. (laughs) (laughs) My first fun fact is i have sung in multiple acapella groups
0: the Ooh. first acapella group
1: that i was in was at uc riverside it's called not so sharp and i Cute. was a founding member and i was not that great i have to i guess my second fun fact is <laughs> that i did not learn any of my music properly I kind of just learned everything about ear. Well, I didn't learn anything about ear. I just kind of sung whatever I want. And if it sounded okay, then that's what I stuck with. <laughs> Sorry, folks.
0: Well, do you. You're doing great.
1: I just did not sing my part. I just kind of showed up and I was like, hey, guys, this is, let's, let's just be friends. <laughs> let's sheet music. <laughs> it's
0: fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's totally fine. That was a long time ago. Yeah. My third fun fact is that my aim... No, not AIM. Was it AIM? Yeah. Okay. So my AOL <laughs> screen name, my AIM screen name was Pogi Pinoy 909.
0: <laughs> yes. Did you ever jump into the Pinoy Pinay, uh, um chat room?
1: No. Uh, I thought chat rooms were dangerous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you followed the rules because you thought it was dangerous and said no to danger. <laughs>
1: yeah. Say no to dangerous things. Good folks. for you. That's the, that's the takeaway from this conversation.
0: <laughs> I was living on the edge and look where it got me.
1: Yeah, well, you're a beautiful human being who's learned from all of her mistakes. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Okay, well, that was fun. That was fun. And hopefully everyone out there is still listening to this podcast, but let's go ahead and get started with this episode.
0: All right.
1: So we got some questions that um, we're going to ask each other here and hopefully reacquaint ourselves with each other. And for anyone who's listening who may not know us, this is a good opportunity for you all to take a deep dive, well, semi-deep dive, into who your hosts are for MESERJ 101.
0: Let's get cozy.
1: Let's cozy up with my cup of coffee that I actually don't have, but you don't know that. (laughs) This is a purely auditory medium. (laughs) All right, question number one. Mm -hmm. When did you realize that you were Filipino?
0: I realized I was Filipino when I was in kindergarten. By that point, my Lola made sure I was able to read. (laughs) A little four-year-old going to class. Hey, everyone, I know my letters. I can put them together, and I can do story time myself, okay? I was very proud of that, but I had an accent, And because I had an accent, my teacher thought I belonged in ESL. But I was the only kid in the entire class who knew how to read. (laughs) Um, Which, okay, doesn't make any sense. So I was really confused when they would take me out every week to put me in ESL class. And... (sighs) would like teach us english and i would be sitting there thinking um i already know this um i could teach this class if i wanted to okay i probably wasn't thinking that and
1: ironic because now you're an educator
0: i know yes (laughs) because i am trying to change the game okay but yeah so i was really fed up so i refused to go to esl class one day while they were picking up the ESL kids, I hid under a table. I hid under a table in the back of the classroom behind the bookshelves and they didn't know where I was and they left without me to go to ESL class like the ESL kids. Like no one noticed that I was gone. (laughs) But anyway, that was the moment that I realized I was Filipino and that I was different despite the knowledge that I had and the skill sets that I had and I thought it was not cool
1: that's not cool
0: yeah and it, it's my self conversation of like where do I belong in this country began at that moment
1: mm. when I was a toddler my parents would coach me they would ask me what are you and then I would say I'm Filipino American and almost like a party trick <laughs> like they would parade me around their friends and have their friends ask me hey what are you i'm filipino-american i don't think i knew what that meant necessarily until i want to say like first or second grade it was my birthday and i had invited a friend of mine she was white to my birthday party Um, my parents didn't know that i had invited a friend from class Um, And of course, Filipino parties are just full of Filipinos and it's not like a traditional American party where it's like, you've got a clown and a magician, like a Filipino party, at least for me growing up, a Filipino birthday party was, you know, all of the family went, it's not like the parents would drop off their kids. Like the whole family would show up, everyone would eat, chill, have a good time. Maybe there'd be karaoke, but you wouldn't like have activities for children. My parents didn't know again, like that I had invited a friend over her mom had dropped her off. So it was a single white girl in her party dress. And then everyone's like, who's that? (laughs) I remember they sat us together because she was my friend. They fixed her up a plate. And obviously it was like Filipino food. I can recall it being a very odd experience because she was othered. Everyone was like hanging out with themselves. I think her parents probably expected something completely different. But yeah, we just, ate Filipino food. And I don't know that she enjoyed it. I don't recall her actually eating any. But yeah, it was a very strange experience. And I knew from that moment, okay, other people don't have the same type of parties.
0: (laughs) It's such an interesting um, journey, like, because we we grew up Filipino, and then finding that Eurocentricity, Eurocentric tradition of like, even eating, not family style, and having things, you know,
1: portioned out for
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was mind-blowing. So that moment for me as a kid, I was like, I feel so special that I'm getting my own plate. And that for me was one of those self-hating Filipino moment where I'm like, what have we been doing this whole time? We've gotten it wrong, but it's not wrong. You know, it's absolutely not wrong. Everyone can share a meal in different ways. But our traditions and, like, what we grew up with was so different and, like, strangely not enough or not as refined as, like, Eurocentric traditional things. I did not want to go back to family style after I had that meal in fourth grade where I got my own plate. That's also another story. Like, I had spaghetti. There was no hot dogs in it. <laughs> you know i was like what is this and it wasn't sweet and then i had a little salad on the side and i don't know if this is like part of our like culinary canon in filipino cuisine of making dressing out of olive oil and vinegar mm. you know but it was also very mind-blowing that it wasn't like Thousand Islander Ranch that my Lolo got from the store. And I'm like, this is so refined. What have we been doing? But it's not like Thousand Islander Ranch is like a Filipino thing. It's just like my Lolo just really loved that salad dressing and we didn't explore anything outside of it. (laughs) And I went home with my arrogant butt you know, self-hating Filipino is like, um, we've been doing salad wrong and this is how you do it. And I was talking to my Tita Nancy who was living with us. She did most of the cooking. I was like, Tita Nancy, the salad we're having is not right. Um, let me show you how to actually do it. And so she's like, okay. <laughs> so I grabbed some lettuce From the fridge, um, some tomato and some carrot. All we had in the house was vegetable oil (laughs) and we had apple cider vinegar. (laughs) And I used apple cider vinegar because I loved apple cider vinegar with like fruits and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, okay, Tita Nancy, like this is how you actually do a salad, right? So I mixed vegetable oil and apple cider vinegar with my salad. And she watched every moment of this. Did it taste okay? No. It tasted like crap because it was vegetable oil. <laughs> I had to spit it out. And then I was like, um, I think I was like, oh, that was just like a weird piece. So like I tried to continue eating it <laughs> and it was excruciating to eat that salad and I had to wait until she left to like run outside and throw it in the trash and it's just like a lesson everyone just own your culture and like your food
1: did you go to school at a predominantly white elementary school or high school
0: from first grade through eighth grade a quarter of my class is Filipino. Hmm. So I had a lot of Filipino friends growing up. And then when I got to high school, it was like everyone was white.
1: I had a a little bit of a different experience. I I went to a predominantly white elementary school, or at least that's what it seemed like to me um, looking back. I had Filipino friends outside of school when I was a child, but they were all the children of my parents' co-workers. And to me, it was confusing because I wasn't sure if we were related or if they were just family friends. Everyone just assumes you're cousins or if you don't know an adult, they're automatically your auntie or uncle or your tita or tito. So yeah, I didn't have any friends outside of family gatherings. Friends who are Filipino, that is. And I didn't have like a Filipino friend in school until maybe high school. Yeah, a little bit different there.
0: Yeah, that's totally different. You're still friends with like your parents' co-workers' kids growing up.
1: I wouldn't say like we're we like hang out every weekend or whatever, but if we ever crossed paths, we would know exactly who each other is. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we didn't go to school with each other. So I feel like I spent more time with non-Filipinos growing up Mm -hmm. outside of um, like family gatherings. The impact that that had on me growing up was also kind of feelings of I might reject pieces of my Filipinoness. Maybe not reject. I would say, I wish I was more white. Right. And I mean, it's it's funny because my name's Dustin. Like, my name's Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's like super not Filipino. I don't know. I don't know any other Filipinos named Dustin. You,
0: too. you are the only Dustin.
1: Am I the only Dustin Filipino that you know?
0: Yeah, you're the only Filipino Dustin in my life.
1: Ah. Uh. I I know, like, three or four crystals.
0: <laughs> well, it's fine. You can share.
1: <laughs> you're, you're, you're one of my top.
0: Yay! <laughs> Where
1: was I going with that? Where was I going? Oh, I know what I was going to say. I, I remember in elementary school, I wished my name was Zach. Aww. Because I wanted to be Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. I'm like, oh, he's who (laughs) I wish I was. Like, aesthetically, personality-wise, because that's who was on television at the time. Right. Ironically, I didn't find out he was multiracial
0: Mm -hmm.
1: until, like, maybe last year. Did you know that his mom is Indonesian?
0: Yeah. Found that out, like, way later, though. Yeah. He would have to bleach his hair all the time. Yeah. Not good for the hair.
1: Have you ever bleached your hair or made it more blonde, or have you ever, like, made yourself lighter in any way?
0: Sun in was very cool in junior high.
1: What is sun in?
0: Sun in would pretty much bleach your hair. It was, like, the natural, like, bleaching of the hair via sun, but in a bottle. Hmm. But we weren't allowed to do that in school. My teacher, like, pulled me aside. I was like, hey, did you put sun in your hair? I'm like, uh, No. Obviously, I did because my hair was a, was a different color. I feel like that was the only thing, and there was just like nothing I could do with my my skin color i'm I'm a brown brown woman, okay?
1: Your brown beauty.
0: I'm a brown beauty, but of course, my mom hated hated that I was brown, and she's like, "Oh, you got your dad's skin color?" I'm like, there is a possibility that my skin color might reflect." the color of my father's so I don't know what to tell you uh <laughs> but she was so always upset and you know of course that made me insecure I mean what can I do but she she gave me like the escanol, even as a little kid I'd have to use escanol.
1: what is escanol?
0: it's this skin whitening
1: like a papaya soap type of thing
0: yeah, it was a toner for your face. So when I was younger, I would have to put toner on my face. My mom always put papaya soap for me to use in the shower. Mm-hmm. It's so insane how light-skinned we actually have to be for <sighs> antiquated Filipino standards, you know. Do
1: you feel that beauty standards have changed over time?
0: A little? Slowly but surely? Mm-hmm. I try to tell my nieces to embrace their color if they're a little bit darker because I don't know what the outside world is telling them or how they feel about their skin but I just want to make sure at least their tita crystal is like hey tita crystal said that I should love my skin so we can just like embrace our skin whatever the freak the color is of our skin it's fine
1: it's beautiful hell yeah hell yeah
0: You're listening to Search, a podcast featuring Philan Perspectives.
1: We've interviewed some really inspirational people so far, and it's been such a gift to learn from folks in the community about what it is they do and what it is they experience as Filipinos.
0: Let us know what you think. Rate us and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch new episodes on the first and third Wednesday each month. We are are back. back. Question for you. How has being Filipino impacted your career trajectory?
1: Being Filipino for me growing up was a never-ending feeling of never being good enough. I had to be an overachiever in all things. And I wasn't good at anything.
0: Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt any... it.
1: <laughs> well, I wasn't good at I wasn't good at sports. I mean, I was good enough to get good grades in like math and science and well in anything really I don't know that I fully understood the material
0: right yeah I feel like the way that we were learning back in school was just like memorize things and regurgitate
1: yeah so I feel like I was really good at doing that stuff I was good at music I really wish I like stuck with it but I tried to be more academic because I feel like that in the long run would be more respected by my family. I just never could figure out even going into college like what I wanted to do with my life so I just kept going back to school. I went to community college initially to be a nurse. In hindsight, my parents never really pushed me to get a bachelor's degree. Uh They really wanted me to be a nurse because they knew that was the biggest bang for your buck. It had a high return on investment. In two years, you could get work immediately anywhere with a high income. And really, that was my parents' focus. But at the same time, like being Filipino and rejecting that Filipino stereotype, there's a lot of Filipinos in the nursing space, which I totally respect. But for me, as a young person, I like highly rejected the idea of becoming a nurse, even though like I initially pursued that because that was something my parents really pushed for. Uh Obviously, I'm not a nurse now. you a doctor. I'm a doctor, but not that type of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, I was like, okay, nursing, like, for sure is not for me. I feel like I'm in it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. I recall going to information sessions and various meetings about nursing programs. And one of the things that they would ask is, like, why do you want to be a nurse? And my default response was always, okay, it's a good, stable income.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Purely financial based. So I just left that behind. So I was going to UCR with the intent of getting my bachelor's degree and then eventually going to pharmacy school. And then through my experiences with the Filipino club at UCR, Katipunan, and just like meeting more Filipino people, I just started to realize the world is so much bigger. And there are parts of my identity I have yet to kind of unpack. I changed my major to sociology, and my my mom totally cried. Mm-hmm. That's another story, but that's for our research season when we focus on education. Yeah, but anyway, I switched to sociology just because I had some uh, really great peer mentors at the time who really like helped me connect with culture and this idea of like an ethnic identity, mm-hmm. um, an ethnic identity that I could be proud of. So I got into sociology and graduated knowing that I wanted to work in in some industry that helped communities in some way. I was good at education. I was good at learning. So I stuck to an education setting as a profession. So I found my way to higher education. And in higher education, uh, I I think it's really encouraged to pursue higher education because that's the product that you're pushing out there. Mm -hmm. And so I got my master's degree, and eventually I got my doctorate. Ten years later, realized, oh, I've been in higher ed for a very long time. <laughs> I didn't even know that you could work in colleges when I was in um, high school. The idea that was sold to me, either by my school or by my family, was that you need to have a career in some sort of trade or like some prestigious profession. Doctor, lawyer, dentist, or whatever. I never pictured myself working in higher education. I think I just kind of fell into it and just never left.
0: Well, how are you liking it now? It's pretty cool. It's cool.
1: I like it. (laughs) What I like most about it is I get to be in a space where people are there because they want to better themselves Mm -hmm. and they want to learn more. I think over time, I realized I really enjoy working with people who enjoy the process of Mm self-improvement. Um, and I think higher education—that's a huge component of that.
0: That's awesome. You're, thanks. You're making an impact, Boo. Thanks. Yeah, like so much props to you.
1: That's really nice to hear you say. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yes. I appreciate
1: that. I'm trying not to get emotional oh, because.
0: Oh, it's okay. <laughs> we can get emotional. It's me, search.
1: I know. Oh God, you're right. I just have to trap myself in self-deprecating humor because that's the only way I know how to cope with any emotions.
0: (laughs) I cope with my emotions with weird uh, sound effects. (laughs) 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 I think
1: that's exactly why we get along so well.
0: Yeah, I know. Because
1: we're just a couple of weirdos. Like,
0: (laughs) you (laughs) know, pretty much if you ever hang out with me and Dustin, that's that's what you're going to get a lot of hey, hey, hey.
1: not a substantive conversation just just a whole bunch of noises
0: but then we get down <laughs> to it too though it's a it's a roller coaster with us
1: <laughs> my whole life is a roller coaster so how about how about you though like how how has being filipino impacted your trajectory in your career
0: yeah so Growing up, my mom, she's always encouraged me to be a lawyer, like my dad. And I don't know if I want to get into like my dad right now, but...
1: That's another episode, perhaps. Yeah. Every time you talk about your dad, it's an amazing storytelling experience. Yeah. We can get into it. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, it's fine. My dad was just an incredible person and lawyer. And maybe that's part of the reason why she encouraged me. I'm sure also financially. However, my dad was not trying to be a lawyer for any kind of financial reasons from what I've learned. My dad passed away when I was a baby. So unfortunately, I did not get to um, know him or interact with him. But I feel him every day in the work that I do. Uh, again, another another time we'll get into it. But she encouraged me to be a lawyer even as a child. She would also encourage me to do that or nurse (laughs) as you do
1: your mom is a nurse as well
0: my mom is a nurse as well
1: my parents are nurses too yeah
0: yeah but it just it never really stuck i you know like when when uh you do those projects in elementary school when you'd have to answer the question what do you want to be when you're older i'd always draw a lawyer i'd always draw myself as a lawyer never a nurse
1: (laughs) i remember an assignment where they had asked us that question the prompt was what do you want to be yeah what do you want to be when you grow up or something to that effect mm-hmm. i think my response was i want to be a millionaire without having worked a day in my life or something <laughs> like that i want to be a millionaire and i don't want to work <laughs> my mom was so upset she's like you need to change this you you need to write i want to work hard
0: but <laughs> that is hilarious
1: i think i was like 7 i don't know I still want to be a millionaire and I don't maybe, want to work.
0: Maybe it'll be in the cards for you, boo.
1: Yeah. I enjoy what I do yeah. for a living, but it would be nice to do it without having to like track when payday hits. <laughs> <I>
0: feel, <yeah. laughs> no, I'm saying it's the first y'all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, you're fine. That was hilarious. Um, I, I was always conflicted though because that was the answer that I felt like I had to say you know that was like an acceptable Mm. answer but what I really wanted to draw was me singing and acting and it was also very confusing because like at Filipino parties at like family parties I was always the one to entertain (laughs) you know and like I'm shy I'm like I've always been a more shy person but you know when I'm When I'm around people I'm comfortable with, I'm like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, but just like, they would set up the karaoke and I would have to prepare before every family party. I would have to prepare three to four songs that I would have to have to perform. (sighs) So
1: you were that good, though. (laughs) Oh,
0: my gosh. It was
1: y'all Crystal is a singer, a singer uh, <laughs>
0: <I'm sorry. laughs> It was confusing because it was like, pursue something that is not art related, but please do all the artsy things, you know, like win the arts awards. I would win um like this mom and me art contest every year. I would have to draw a picture of like me and my mom having a good time <laughs> or something you know. Whatever the prompt was for the mom and me art contest, <laughs> my family would be so happy about that, but it was still never encouraged to lean into like my strengths, right? Yeah. Lean into it up to a point where we're just entertaining our family and showing off.
1: Excel at this, be the best at this, but don't make it your bread and butter. Yes. Just be better than your cousins.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh and I I was always conflicted you know and like I would be in voice lessons and then like I'd get really into it and then I'd get pulled out of it and
1: you took voice lessons as, as a kid
0: I did and yeah so to wow. my point um it was just a very conflicting time growing up and in, in high school I would you know I would sing and then I would You know, like, let me record a demo, mom, please. Let me record a demo.
1: Did you record a demo in high school?
0: I did. (laughs) And it was not good because they were karaoke tracks. Like, I did not know the first thing about recording or what a demo is. So I literally got the big laser disc because I found a studio in Fullerton. I was like, hey, uh, I would like to record something (laughs) at your studio. And the man was just like, uh okay <laughs> you know this is how much it costs and I begged my mom I begged her I'm like can we please record this can you please give me more allowance so that I can what
1: what what did you record
0: off the laser disc karaoke I I recorded from this moment on by night Dwayne
1: how does that one go
0: from this moment <laughs> I have been blessed <laughs> it was okay I don't really sing like that guys but actually I also sing like that all the time guys Um, <laughs> it was yeah it was not good it was just like I didn't know what to do I'm like I'm just gonna record these covers from like Laserdisc karaoke tracks
1: and this was pre-YouTube obviously
0: pre-YouTube and my mom was like I think she just like had to give in because she was like so annoyed with me asking all the freaking time and I'm sure my Lola was like just let her do it because my Lola was so supportive of like anything I wanted to do. Mm. Um so my mom was like fine, you know, <laughs> like let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um obviously that didn't get anywhere. Um Where
1: where are those tracks now?
0: I have no idea. Like what a waste of money. I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> How much she spent on that, I don't know. I appreciate the support at the moment, but man, like, I'm sorry that we don't know where that recording is, but I'm also not sorry that we don't know where that recording (laughs) is. It's fine.
1: Maybe one day it'll turn up.
0: Maybe one day it'll turn up. Mm -hmm. We'll see. And then I went into college, went to community college, went to Cypress College, and I decided that I would just go into elementary school education. Um, and be a teacher. All of my grandparents, except for my grandpa on my dad's side, were all teachers. Um, so I'm like, that's cool. I'll be a teacher too. And I want to teach kids. I want to make an impact. Finished my time at Cypress College. Went to Cal State Long Beach to finish my my degree. And then I didn't. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no. Um <laughs> all I could think about was like, oh, I just want to go out and like do music. Oh, I just want to go out and like act or something, you know? And I realized like what a disservice it is for the kids that I'd be teaching if all I could think about was I just want to sing, I just want to act and I'm not fully present and they are counting on you <laughs> to like learn all the things. Mm-hmm. So I secretly left school
1: you secretly (laughs) left school
0: I I left school and it was a secret because I didn't want to let down anybody and I pursued music (laughs) I was like I'm just gonna go for it and I was just doing music for a little bit with like random side jobs you know I was working at a boba shop and I was working like two other random jobs at the time I was working Olive Garden (laughs) I don't know, I was just like doing a lot of stuff to support music. Mm-hmm. That went on for a while and I ended up in aerospace, which is not naturally uh, part of my wheelhouse. I forgot that you were in. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> random, right?
1: This is like a Boeing type of place or like um, Northrop type of thing. Yeah,
0: so the company I worked for worked with Japanese companies to fulfill Japanese government aerospace needs (laughs) so random but yeah so I was doing aerospace to support my music which was a little bit better than working so many jobs Mm -hmm. and then my boss at this company was just so great and like always so encouraging of pursuing what I I'm actually really great at, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, he's like, why don't you go back to school? And then at the same time, my, my vocal coach, Glenn Clancy, what's up? what's up? He also was very encouraging of me to go back to school for something that I was passionate about. And that really stuck with me. And I was like, I should go back to school for something I'm passionate about. And what am I passionate about? I'm passionate about art, I'm passionate about creation, I'm pas- passionate about music, I'm passionate about acting. And so I finished my my transferable units to get into a bachelor's program in acting. Got into Cal State Dominguez Hills and I fell even more in love with acting and theater and everything that has to do with theater. And then I was like, well, I got to keep going because I love acting and I want to be a better actor. And also the element of teaching has always kind of been in the back of my mind also. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like, I can also teach acting one day, like on a collegiate level, if I get my master's degree, that might be cool. Cal arts was the first school that I auditioned for in my grad school auditioning tour. And I was so nervous. And I actually auditioned on campus. And I'm like, this is in a very random part of Southern California, Santa Clarita. What is this? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but I'm like, why is CalArts here? <laughs> but I auditioned and I was so nervous. And I flubbed my first lines. <laughs> and the, the, uh, she's the head. She's the head of the MFA, Mariana Jokovic. And, uh man I flooded my lines and she just like looked at me and was like it's okay you know you're fine like try it again I finished my audition I did the best that I could and she's like oh that was great um so my question for you is why do you want to be an actor and I literally broke down in tears that I'm like oh no oh no I was like well I want to be a storyteller and as a Filipino American, I don't see myself in these stories that we watch and that we experience as a community. And I just want people to know if you are a Filipino, your stories count and we should be seen and we should be heard. She's like, I, you know, I want to see Filipinos at the Oscars. I want to see them in film. I want to see them in TV. And if I could be you know, a glimmer of hope for other Filipinos to pursue this and to tell their stories and to have that courage to do it. I want to learn everything that I can to be that. And I was crying and I'm like, I'm so sorry that I'm crying at this audition. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I got in, got my master's in fine arts and acting at Cal Arts, one of the best art schools in in the united states um out of thousands of people who auditioned i was one of the 10 who got accepted into the program and i'm very proud of it (laughs) and um i'm proud of you thanks boo um and yeah so that's been that's been my journey as far as like getting my education on and um now i'm teaching art to affordable housing communities i'm infusing theater and getting theater into you know their their lives and it's exciting to see folks share their own stories and like just dive into like fun things like improv and miming
1: (laughs) (laughs) on a scale of one to ten how are you how good are your miming skills
0: right now i think they might be at a seven i need a little work (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i'm i'm still trying to as an actor find my footing in the industry it sucks because you know we're in quarantine COVID's happening um and so production is at a stop but um hopefully once this is all over you know i can get back into it i know it's hard for a lot of actors and artists right now in general i'm with you and uh yeah so that's that's been my trajectory
1: I will say that I feel like Crystal is one of the best actresses I've ever met in person. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know too many, but I, I I do think that you are very, very talented. I remember watching your community um, theater roles and then oh. roles that you've done in, in, in school. I'm just overall very impressed with the caliber of human being you are.
0: Oh, thanks. That- That means a lot. Yeah. Thank you for watching my performances.
1: (laughs) I love supporting you. Thank you. So, Crystal, we are engaging in this experience, this podcast experience, this pod experience together, and we are going on this learning adventure uh, through conversation with other movers and shakers in the Filipino American community. I'm curious, what are you hoping to gain maybe on a personal level?
0: I want to better understand how our history has impacted each and every one of us on a personal level, our own narratives and our own own journeys. And with that information, I want to talk about these things in our in our culture maybe with people who don't want to (laughs) or would naturally kind of push these conversations away or disregard our experiences Mm. i so want the filipino community the filipino american community to see each other
1: I've always personally struggled with this idea of not being Filipino enough and not being American enough. Uh I want to be able to engage with other people who can help me make sense of what it is I've experienced in this country. It's been difficult for me trying to feel Filipino. So kind of getting to hear other people's experiences, I think will help me understand, you know, what does it mean to be Filipino? and i know i know it's going to be different for every single person and perhaps that's what i need to uh-huh. hear and i think it's important for other people to hear that as well
0: yeah i think like a lot of times as like filipino americans we kind of feel alone like we're not really one to have conversations about where our place has been in this country mm mm-hmm for some reason we feel wrong for doing that or like we feel afraid or whatever that feeling is of not totally acknowledging what this very singular experience is as Filipino-American. It's been so taboo. It's like, let's just wash it down. Let's just try to like not, let's just maybe try to be more like the majority and
1: maybe it's not necessarily unique to Filipinos because I know this idea of, of, of assimilation is like cross-cultural. Yeah. From my experience in uh, the Filipino communities that I've been involved in, at least when I was younger anyway, there's this big push to just fit in. And I think that's perhaps like a survival mentality. Sure, yeah. I guess we'll be unpacking that a lot further this <laughs> this season.
0: On that note, on a personal level, I don't want to just survive anymore. I just want to have my freaking space and be in it and be proud of it and not question it anymore, ever, period. Yeah. (laughs) Thrive. Thrive.
1: (laughs) I think we're done. Are we done?
0: Yeah. We're going to get to the bottom of things.
1: Make sure to subscribe to Mesearch wherever you listen to podcasts. Find new episodes on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Check us out at Mesearchpodcast.com.
0: And you can find us on social media at Mesearch Podcast.
1: Mesearch is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Dugati.
0: Editing by Dustin Domingo. And special thanks to all of you, our listeners.
1: Alrighty, we are going to catch you all at the next episode.
0: We're gonna get to the bottom of things. This is MeSearch, folks.